I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Episode 4, A Summer Memory For three summers in a row in the late 1960s, I attended camp, summer camp. Come late June, after school had ended, I was trundled off to a parking lot at a nearby shopping center. There I joined a passel of girls on a bus that would take us from the suburbs of New York to a camp in the Berkshire Hills of Massachusetts. Each girl had a trunk that contained the required apparel and equipment, green and white uniforms, a swimsuit, sun visor, tennis racket, riding boots, sneakers, towels, sheets, and green woolen blankets, all with ID labels attached. The bus driver, a stout man with glasses, hoisted our trunks one by one onto the roof of the bus, and off we went. The summer camp was set amidst pine tree forests, and it was located on the shore of a placid lake. Little cabins dotted the landscape, and I stayed in one with three other girls. The cabins were simple, with single beds, little pine shelves for our clothes, screened windows that kept the bugs out, especially in the evening. At night, I'd sometimes stand on the porch and look up, amazed. There were no other lights around, so the sky was completely dark and the stars twinkled. I could see more stars than I'd ever noticed before. They were like a vast expanse of sparkles spread across the sky. As I did, I could hear the wind rustling in the pine trees nearby. What I enjoyed about camp, too, were the activities. There was tennis, rowing in aluminum boats on the lake, archery, which I discovered I was quite good at, earning a little badge for my achievement, and horseback riding. One year, I entered the end-of-summer show riding my favorite horse. He was called Tiger. As I cantered around the ring, following the easy motion of his stride, we were completely together. After each girl had her turn, 
I sat proudly on his back as we were called to the center of the ring and awarded a blue ribbon. In the middle of camp was a gazebo. It was called the pillbox. It had an octagonal, wood-shingled roof, and on the roof were two speakers pointed in opposite directions. In the morning, as we cleaned the bunks, a camp counselor played the popular songs of the day. By the Four Tops, The Beatles, Sonny and Cher. My favorite song, though, was called Cherish. It was about the feeling of love you hold deep inside. Its poignant lyrics and lilting melody became my own private soundtrack. The pillbox contained a black rotary dial telephone placed on a small wooden bench. That's where we'd receive calls. It was always a special moment when your name was announced over the speakers. Someone's phoning for me. Indeed, I was homesick. I missed my garden, my trees, and my forsythia shrub. I longed to enjoy my home amidst the freedoms of summer. I missed all these things in a way I could not express. But most of all, I missed Flora, my nanny. One morning in July of 1969, an announcement came over the pillbox loudspeaker. All of us girls were asked to gather at the camp director's house. Her name was Mrs. Shapiro. What could it be? We were curious. We made our way to Mrs. Shapiro's white colonial-style home. As we approached the front door, the counselors instructed us to enter and proceed to the living room. The sofas and chairs had been moved so we could gather on the floor sitting side by side. A black and white TV was placed on a coffee table in the center. Mrs. Shapiro said that we were going to see something special. Something historic, she explained. There, in front of a fuzzy monochrome image, we watched mesmerized as the first man in a white spacesuit and oversized boots stepped onto the dusty surface of the moon. summer was significant in another way. Several days later, my camp counselor arrived from the mailroom. Jessie, she said, 
a letter's awry for you. Really, I exclaimed. Yes, she answered cheerfully. Then she handed me a white envelope. I went into the cabin and sat on my bed. None of the other girls were around. I held the envelope with delight. Looking at the front and then the back, I touched the scalloped edges of the stamp and read my name, inscribed in bold letters. It gave me a warm feeling. Someone's written to me. I opened the flap, trying not to tear what was inside. As I did, I discovered a note folded carefully. Who could have written this, I wondered. And then as I opened the letter, I found a $10 bill. Oh my, I gasped, and I began to read the message. It was penned in uncertain script, the words fashioned in broken English. The message was from Flora. My nice girl, how are you? I wish you have a good time today and every day of your vacation. I hope pass the time first because I miss your ha ha ha. She meant my laugh. Please, Jessie, excuse me, because I didn't buy you any present. I see you have everythings. I don't know what you need. When you come back, you buy with this money what you want. Okay, my heart? I hope you understand something what I wrote. Yours, Flora. As I sat on my bed, holding Flora's note in my hands, tears ran down my cheeks. My fingers moved along the handwritten lines, reading them over and over. The wind blew softly through the screens. I imagined Flora in her room, sitting quietly at her desk, trying to compose her message to me word by word. As I did, I heard Flora's voice in my mind, as if she were speaking her thoughts to me.